he sucks and he'll always suck. Welcome to day two of football and other F-words draft coverage. It's really early. This early morning recording has really got me off my game. Uh, I don't know how the guys at A to Z do it, but last night we had a successful um, broadcast with Justin Mello. My mock draft, I don't know where it's at in the polls right now, but it's definitely better. I don't care what anybody says. I think I got blasted for vote-mongering for taking Tua at 29, but there was Tua... Jedrick. It was uh, the most bizarre. I mean, there was just too many people there. So I, yeah. I had to go to a. Of all the runs of the Draft Network mocks I've seen, that one may be the most like unrealistic how the board ended up falling. I don't know how that is though happening. I mean, that would be J Rob's dream though, is to have that and to be able to trade down, right? Oh. That's, because that's the thing that came out yesterday was that J Rob, everybody's talking about how J Rob wants to trade down. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's been that way for a while. I yeah, I think like. that makes sense. I mean, I guess he hadn't verbalized it, but I, I think it's always made sense. Yeah, and so um, let's talk that. a little bit about the draft, virtual draft. Already yeah. seen some complications and everything. So um, over under, I had one mess up last night on our on our draft. Over under of mess ups in the actual draft. <laughs> I think there will probably be, let's say uh, – Five and a half. Five and a half. So do you uh, think that suspending the time limit is the right thing? Like the uh, if someone do- goes over their pick, their allotted time, do you think that's a smart move? I think that's kind of bullshit. I think it depends on if it's a situation. I almost feel like it's got to be a situation-by-situation situation basis. Like if they can verify that they're having the, like a technical issue, then maybe. But I, I don't – I kind of feel like it's – going to be a loophole that people exploit you know i feel like bill Bill belichick's gonna like unplug his router or something like that just to like get more time and put more leverage on like uh some team he's trying to trade down with or something like that like i feel like there's some teams that are going to manipulate that if uh just left wide open to do whatever they want um who do you think is going to mess up first do you think it will be the Bengals? Um, probably. Yeah. They got the first opportunity to mess up their franchise that is known for messing up. And, uh, I think, yeah, I think they, they screw it up somehow. All right. So next up on the list is Yannick versus Tony, uh, Yannick Ngakwe versus Tony Khan yesterday. I I have to say that Tony Khan put him in the, uh, in the cross face last yesterday. Um, I really enjoyed reading their Twitter exchange, but Tony Khan is right. This is not helping his draft value, and it is all about compensation. And I have to say, I kind of side with the Jaguars organization that compensation matters. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, And and I do think, I do think, uh, as as bad as it looked, him getting on Twitter to go back and forth with Ngakwe, I do think he was right at the end of the day about what he was saying. Um, doesn't really make it that much better, but it's just so fun to watch the Jaguars do this shit. I mean, they just, it's its like every week there's another player that wants out or is trying to get thrown under the bus or the organization's feuding with. And like, I mean, they basically jettisoned 
every piece of that defense that, that was carrying them. So now it's like they they're relying on Gardner Minshew and a scrap heap defense. I I mean, I kind of think it's it's funny. I heard yesterday that teams in, around the league are referring to the Jaguars as the Trevor Lawrence team. So that's that's kind of how they're being. But aren't right? they jettisoning Leonard Fournette for saying that he'd rather have Cam Newton than Gardner Minshew? So I mean, <laughs> my gosh, this this is fantastic. I just can't get enough of it. I have no clue how the Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, um, situation is going to handle itself and how it's going to end up. Because how do you go back? How do you go to the locker room knowing that you got manhandled by the co-owner or whatever Tony? Because that's you know the son. Yeah. I mean, how do you go back to that? The locker room you got stunned by the son. Yeah. So I mean, it, it makes me wonder if anything is going to how they if there's no draft conversation compensation properly and. If he really wants out of Jacksonville because he's not going to get paid, then I think we're coming to a point where he's sitting out, not making any money. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think this thing is hitting straight for disaster on both sides. You know, I I, I feel like both sides are just going to dig in harder. Um, but I don't know. Maybe he gets moved during the draft. That would be interesting to see. All right. So next up, we have. Um, New York Post this morning put out a uh, articles asking if the, or positing the question: Do farts transfer the coronavirus? Oh if my god! It does, Mike. How it in does? trouble is everybody that's ever been around you? It's uh, it's problems, and I feel like I should start reaching out to people that I've I've farted on here recently. So, um. Yeah, it's just bad news bears. I mean, when when will the coronavirus madness stop? I, I mean, I don't know when it's going to stop, and it may never stop. I mean, that may be the uh, that may be the thing that I'm realizing is that it may never stop. It may always be here. I don't know, but um, I know that Tennessee is lifting its is hoping supposedly by May first to get everything back to normal, which I find a tad bit presumptuous. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is. I, I, I do feel bad for crop dusting everyone at Kroger the other day. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I go to supermarkets and I fart all the time. I mean, that's what you do there, right? Yeah. I mean, Supermarket farts. Okay. So, we are going to cover wide receivers and running backs uh, today. We're going to do one wide receiver in every round that we may not necessarily want the Titans to take, but if they're there at that draft position, be someone that they could definitely look into or benefit from drafting. So let's start with round one. There's only one round one running back that I think we both agree on that's worth taking because I don't think that Jonathan Taylor is uh, worth taking in round one, but I would definitely say that DeAndre Swift, and I think there's a better than 50% chance that if he is there they do kind of end up taking him. They've shown a lot of interest his way. They have shown some interest, and I've, I've been watching some uh, uh, Isaiah Wilson here lately, and um, one side effect of watching Isaiah Wilson is DeAndre Swift is really good. I mean, really good. Um, I think he's easily the best back in the class, and 
I mean, I don't love the idea of taking a running back in the first round simply because, I, for one, I just don't know that the positional value is there. Um, and I also don't love the idea of spending $10 million on Derrick Henry and possibly negotiating a long-term deal with him, plus investing a first-round pick at, at that position. Um, but if they were going to take one, it has to be Swift. And Swift, as, as much as I wouldn't love the value, it would be incredibly fun to watch behind this offensive line, I think. Yeah, I really like everything that Swift brings to the table. Uh, I mean, yeah. he, he does everything, and he does everything really well. And if we are having problems uh, being at an impasse with um, Derrick Henry, which – or whatever. I mean, he's obviously going to play. It just depends on if we get the deal done. If we never, if we never get the deal done, well, DeAndre Swift is a nice consolation prize in 2021 to Derrick Henry. Uh, okay. To mine, if I recall correctly, DeAndre doesn't have a lot of wear and tear from college compared to some of the other running backs in this class and some of his predecessors. So I think that's also a good thing, but. Um, I yeah, really he, like what he brings to the table whenever he has the ball in his hands. Yeah, he never even hit 200 carries in a season um, while at Georgia. So he definitely does not have the, you know, kind of crazy uh, workload that some of these guys have coming out. I think I think Henry's final year at Alabama, he had almost 400 carries or something like that. Yeah. Which, uh, Swift had 440 carries in his entire career. So, um and his, I mean, his numbers are, are spectacular. He's averaged over six yards a carry in every season that he's played there. Um, and he's a, he's the best pass catching back in the class. Like he's very much uh, Alvin Kamara to me. I, I think that's his, his best comp. Um, and I think he's going to be a fantastic, fantastic uh, running back in the league uh, for whoever it gets. Uh, let's move on to wide receivers in the first round. Um, you, why don't you kick us off with talking about Justin Jefferson? Yeah, so Justin Jefferson is, I think he actually, and this is a, this is a little bit of a uh, bold prediction. I actually think Justin Jefferson is the third, or it goes off the board as one of the top three wide receivers in the class. I think he- Is that a bold prediction? I feel like that's right on the money. I don't know. I feel like most are people you. Have, I think you're overhyping your prediction here. I feel like prediction most people feel like there is a set in stone top three of Judy Lamb and Rugs in some order, and I think he jumps one of those guys. I think it's uh, Rugs. I think he jumps Rugs. I think that's the most likely guy that he jumps, but I don't. I don't think it's crazy to say that he could be the best wide receiver in this class. Honestly. Um, and if he was to fall somehow to the Titans at 29, um, I don't know that you could pass up the opportunity to grab him. Um, he's not an elite athlete, but he tested very well um, at the combine. Definitely tested good enough to make everything else that he brings to the table intriguing because he's probably him or Judy uh, are the best route runners in the class. Um, Incredible hands, uh, played in the slot a lot for uh, LSU, and you could really see him kind of dominating in there. Um, you know, I think Adam Humphreys is a good player, but I don't think if you get Justin Jefferson, you're going to sit there and, you know, not find a way to get him on the field early as a, as a slot. So um, 
Yeah, I think if the Titans, if he does follow the Titans, he's he's the kind of receiver that I feel like they could not pass up. Yeah, I I agree. I I don't think that he's going to be there, but I also understand that I think that if he was there, it'd be kind of crazy not to pick him up because, in my opinion, he is one of he's the top three. I think. Um, yeah. I would have to say that in the late first where we're picking, I'm kind of leaning towards uh, Lavisca. Lavisca. I never. I haven't figured out LaVisca. how to say his first name. Lavisca Chenault Jr. and he's 6'2", 220 pounds, and he is an athletic, chiseled Greek god. Um, wow. Yeah, he uh, he is basically your prototypical NFL X receiver, and he has pretty good release. But the big thing is that he's super physical, and he knows how to use his size to his advantage. Um, Let's get let's get a little little saucy. Tons of thickness oh, yeah. in the lower half. Ooh, thickness Ooh. in the lower half. Yeah, he likes to this dip is, them shoulders. He likes to dip those shoulders and drive his hips to shed the first tackler. <laughs> you know, I really think that even though he doesn't have that diverse of a route tree or a polished approach to route running, he's still it's kind of like almost like AJ Brown. I mean, AJ Brown wasn't really known. He can run a lot of routes. I think AJ Brown had a, a, a very diverse route tree. Don't get me wrong, but it never did really anything special. I mean, it's really his physical explosiveness and his physicality that really helped him in the NFL have an immediate impact. And I think that's what you can get with LaVisca on the other side. Um, you know, he can get yards after the catch, you know, I think that if you're looking for someone that can also block for you, he's got that there too. I, I think he's a late first, and I think that really, if you're really talking about value, day two. But I would not be shot. I would not be sad or mad if they if they walked away if they couldn't find a trade partner and walked away with this as a, their number twenty nine pick. Yeah. He, and I am anti wide receiver at twenty nine though. I am. I, it's not going to happen. Wide receiver yeah. at twenty nine is off the board. One hundred percent not going to happen. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think that's that's something that's going to happen either way. But yeah, Schultz scares the crap out of me. To be honest with you, just because he is the injuries and the fact that he's just kind of more athlete than receiver at this point. Like he's an incredible athlete, so he's he's definitely got like. You definitely can see the AJ Brown comp because he's got that size, that thickness, that power. Um, but I don't know that he's as polished as Brown was um, last year. So I don't know. It's it's uh, he scares me. He's definitely a high upside play though. Um, I know some people love him. All right, let's move to the second round running backs. You have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yes. Yeah. I'd, and I, I love Edwards Hilaire. To me, he's the second best second best running back in the class behind Swift. Um, he's super short, five seven. I think two oh seven is where he checks in. Um, but he does everything. Like like Swift, he's got incredible contact balance. Uh, he's a really good pass catcher and and route runner out of the backfield like Swift. So those are the guys that I'm looking for. Guys that can uh, contribute out of the backfield in the passing game to kind of complement. 
uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, and then, you know, I think Edwards Hilaire can be a three down back eventually. So if you take him and pair him with Henry for a year or two years and want to see him take over and just be the, the guy, I think he could do that for you. So that's, that's my dude at, uh, 61 if he's, uh, still there. I, I am going with who I feel is the second best running back in the class. And I think that's JK Dobbins. And I think for whatever reason, he's gone fairly unnoticed this off season. Um, as one of those top running backs. I think everybody knows he's a top running back, but nobody really talks about because everybody's, you know, enamored with these uh uh pass catching electric, you know, little darlings that have come up like Darrington Evans. Darrington Evans has more hype surrounding him than JK Dobbins, and that's that's crazy to me. Right. And I think that Dobbins is one of the few running backs that if if Derrick Henry goes down, he can handle the all three down duties that are needed of him. And we probably won't miss that much of a beat. Um, let's get a little saucy again. Oily hips. He's oh. got a low build and powerful lower half. So that means that he can really push the the uh, the line if he gets goes in between the tackles. And he really, those oily hips allow him oily. to get skinny as he slips through gaps. And, I'm getting oily over here. Yeah. Just listening to you. But, uh, uh-huh. I mean, is he probably the biggest knock on him is going to be his pass protection. Uh, it's not as great as most other people here, and I know that's very important in a third down running back especially, but that's some. I think he's still better than what Derrick Henry was coming out of college. Um, yeah. I also think that he – he just has a lot of effort. I see, and I got I got told I'm wrong. I see a lot of Zeke in his game. Like, not a lot of yeah. flaws in his game. I, I don't, I, I just, when I watched him play this year, I watched about four or five uh, Ohio State games this year. But when I watched him play, it was just, I don't know, I was always drawn to what he was doing on the field. And whenever he had the ball in his hands, he was making plays. And I don't yeah. understand really why everybody is just brushing him off. I mean, he could fall to the third round based on the lack of knowledge or the lack of buzz surrounding him. But his best trait's the vision. Worst trait is pass protection. I mean, he's a feature back. I mean, if you're looking yeah. for in the second round a feature back, this is the guy. He is fast. He's elusive and he's strong. Yeah, no, and and I I do like Dobbins. I think he's um, I think you can't go wrong with really the top four, uh, or really the top six, I guess. In yeah, this there's class. a lot. Um, I think I think if you go and you know depending on which order you have them in is really mostly personal taste, I think. But Swift Taylor. Uh, Edwards, Hilaire, Dobbins, Akers, and Moss. I, I think those six uh, are all good players. Um, they all bring a little something different to the table. Um, Taylor isn't much of a pass catcher, but all the rest of them can um, catch the ball out of the backfield um, to varying degrees. But I think those are all good running backs. And I think the kind of clumping at the top of the uh, that position group may push them down a little bit further because people are going to see – you know, five or six guys on the board that they like and say, well, I don't need to take one this round. There will be one of those guys still sitting there next round. And, and I think that could push them into 
you know, later on day three than maybe what some people are expecting right now. Okay, so let's go into wide receivers. Uh, I'm going to talk about, in the second round, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, DPJ, for all of his friends. Um, You like the toolsy guys. Yeah. I I like the guys that can do a lot, that have some, you know, athletic ability to them mixed with some of that natural wide receiver talent. Um, You know, he can also return punts. But let's be honest. We did not, we don't have, everybody's not going crazy over DPJ because of his shitty ass quarterback that he had. I mean, these quarterbacks in Michigan were horrible. I don't know how many times I saw Shea Patterson uh, freaking either overthrow or just underthrow in the Michigan versus Ohio State game this past year. I mean, it was was incredible. But this guy has everything you want. He is a five-star recruit coming out of high school. He's the number one. Uh, he was the number one wide receiver in that class. Um, I would say that he has the be- the chance to be a better pro than he was a better college player. Because you know, college players, you know, amass the stats, and it takes a while. I think that DPJ has one of the he can really surpass what he did in college fairly quickly. the The biggest concern I have with him is getting off the press coverage at this level without that burst. He doesn't have a lot of burst in it. Now he has long speed and stuff, and he has the hands, the ball skills, the size, and the athletic ability, everything you want in a wide receiver. Like I said, he could return punts. So we know he's got speed. It's just that short area kind of quickness. He may end up being a big slot kind of guy, kind of like what we were using Tajay for in a couple of games. But I think that he can shift out to the outside if if needed later on down the road. But I think with with good coaching and a good quarterback play and a, just a, a good team, he can really be something. He's a passionate football player. Uh, he he always showed effort on the field. When I was watching Michigan versus Ohio State, he was always showing physical effort on the field no matter what the play call was. So that's something that I think will go a long way with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, um, my second-round guy is going to be Michael Pittman um, for a wide receiver, 6'4", 223 um, out of USC. So prototypical size. Um, he's I kind of I kind of think he is almost an ideal pick for them because there there's a few different things that he does that, that nobody else on the roster does. So he's he's got the the size. He's the big he would be the biggest receiver on the the Titans immediately, um, and he uses the size well. So he's a he, he's physical. He goes up and gets the ball. Um, he's the son of a NFL running back, um, and uh, so I think he's got like. I don't know. He's got a little bit of that toughness, that running back toughness um, to his game. Um, and he also contributes on special teams. So right away, I don't think he has to start for the Titans. I think he probably, you know, slots in and rotates in in that Tajay Sharp role. Kind of as as guys need a breather, he comes in and gets a few snaps on offense. Um, if somebody gets hurt, he can he can step in and play. Um, but he could play on special teams right away. He, uh, I think blocked three punts during his, uh, college career. 
had a bunch of special teams tackles and stuff like that. So he'll do it all. He's kind of got like a Titan special. He's got that great like mentality, the, the, you know, the team first, the, the we'll do anything on the field as long as it gets him on the field kind of deal. Um, and he also was kind of held back by quarterback play at, at USC for a lot of his career. You know, obviously they had, they've had a nightmare situation at quarterback the last couple of years with guys getting hurt. And uh, he's produced through that. He had a good year this year, over 1200 yards and 11 touchdowns. Uh, and I don't know. I'd, he's a guy that really speaks to me as a Titans type player. That's the, what you described sounds exactly like the Titans. And let me say this. I've heard a lot of comparisons to Michael Thomas for Michael Pittman, which yeah. I would be extremely, there's, I think it was him and Brian Edwards, which we'll talk about in the next round. Um, yeah. Both have that compare pro comp to them, which I'd be very happy with that. That's for sure. Yeah. Tough, feisty. Oh, and another Titans thing. He's also a really good blocker uh, in the run game. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like those types of guys and I especially like those types of guys for the Titans. Okay. Let's go, go real quick into the third round running backs. Uh, let me start. We both love Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson's awesome. Let's. I, I think everybody knows that we are a pro Antonio Gibson podcast when it comes to third round in this running back class. However, we're going to talk about two other running backs. And I'm going to talk about. I've changed my mind because I was going to talk about Antonio Gibson. Yeah, I'm throwing a curveball at it. But I, I changed my mind. I'm going to go Zach Moss. And okay. And I know that you're not a big fan of Zach Moss. I like him. I like him. But let me say. This guy is the third down running back. I mean, he thrives in the zone scheme. He can block. He can pass catch. He wasn't asked to do a lot of pass catching, but he can do it. I think the problem with him is that he's not overly exciting, right? I th- there's nothing really to his game that makes him elite. He's not an elite speed guy. He doesn't have elite vision. He doesn't have elite change of direction. Um, you know, he, he's got elite power, and he is kind of a little loose for his size, but I think that for the for if you're wanting someone that's going to come in and be a by the book kind of player, who does who will do what he's told and take what he's given, this is that guy. And he's got pass catching ability. Like I said, pass protection is is really really great. He's got the mental awareness and the physical tools to do a lot of pass protection. Uh, I think that some of the pro comparisons he's gotten is Kareem Hunt. And, you know, as long as he doesn't take the other path of Kareem Hunt, but if he's Kareem Hunt on the field and not off the field, then you got a, a star player in the third round. Is he a feature back? I do not think so. I do not think he is a feature back. So do not get me wrong or misconstrued. This is a... Running back that is purely a running back by committee. Yeah, I think the Kareem Hunt comp is a good one for him. His contact balance is really like his elite feature. Um, I think he's he's one of these guys that if you look at the yards after contact and broken tackle rates and stuff like that, he's like off the charts. He's in the uh, Kareem Hunt, um, David Montgomery kind of category um, as far as that goes. So I do like him. Um, I don't like him as much as the other, I guess, top six to me. Um, I think he's RB6, but um, I do like him. I think he's a good player. Um, but my guy in the third round is Akers, who I have um, just one slot ahead of, of Moss. Um, 
he's a guy that kind of got stuck in a terrible situation. Uh, Florida State was a total disaster, uh, especially these past couple years, and he produced through that. Um, you know, they, they gave him the ball a ton and did not give him a whole lot of blocking uh, to go with it, and he made the most of it. I mean, his production this year, he rushed for over 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns. He also catches the ball quite a bit out of the backfield. Um, and then his pass blocking is is solid, too. He's a guy that is viewed as one of the better pass blockers in this class. So he tested well um, at 217 pounds. He's one of the heavier uh, backs in this top group. Um, but he still ran uh, 4.47. Um, so good explosion, good good speed for that size. Um, and I think he, his best his best years are probably ahead of him. He's he's not uh, not quite 21 years old yet, so he's one of the younger guys in the class, which I always like. Um, so I'm I'm very much into Cam Akers, especially if you can get him in the third round. Um, and I would I think he would be a great complement and eventual successor to Henry. Okay, wide receiver. I've made another change. I'm not going with who I was going with. Wow. wow. I was going to go with Brian Edwards, but I I saw someone that caught my eye, and that is uh, Chase Claypool, wide receiver out of Notre Dame. Okay. And this is a guy that is the number one wide receiver in RAS, relative athletic scoring. 6'4", 229 pounds. Now, think about this. 6'4", 229 pounds. He weighed 238 at the combine. So he gained 9 pounds in between now and the combine because I think a lot of people have been saying that he may be a tight end. Yeah. But he ran a 4'4'2". Yes. Okay. (laughs) This guy is a physical freak. And he, much like my boy... Miles Boykin of last year that yeah. I was high on um, that was over in Notre Dame. He's one of those guys that can do the singled-up cornerbacks on 50-50 deep balls. He is straight-line speed. I, that's why I kind of don't think he is a tight end. I mean, if you want to put him tight end, great. I think it's a mistake because he's a mismatch on the outside. He has elite traits. I say the biggest thing that would probably be a weakness is similar to Donovan People Jones, that short area quickness. Um, and sometimes when he gets out of the break, he can lose a little bit of his footing. And he's probably less technical than everybody else. But I mean, we're talking about a guy that can do special teams coverage. I mean, as a run blocker, he's a pancake maker, bud. A pancake maker, literally what I'm reading right <laughs> here, off one of it, off one of my notes. Uh, I, I think that if you're looking for someone that is going to be physical, have the straight line speed, deep speed that you're looking for, this is actually the guy, a six four guy with deep speed. Yeah. It's hard to pass up in the third round, and Chase Claypool would be a killer get for them, even if they want to shift him over to tight end. Think of versatility. Yeah. This team is all about versatility. This would fit all that. Yeah. And and listen, who cares if he's a wide receiver or a tight end? Just put him on the field. I mean, wide receiver, yeah. the line between wide receiver and tight end has never been more blurry than it is right now. Um, you know, you got guys like Evan Ingram, who is as much a slot receiver as he is a tight end. Um, and this guy is very different than Evan Ingram because he's more of a 
Claypool's more of a vertical, uh, stretch the field kind of guy, which is something that the Titans could really use. And um, yeah, I, I love him. He's he's a very interesting player to me. And he's got he's not just a like workout warrior kind of guy. He's got production to go with it. So I I, I love him. Um, Van Jefferson is my guy for uh, for third round. Um, he's not he's not super exciting. Like Claypool is is obviously got the size, he's got the measurables, everything like that. He's got better production. Um, but Jefferson, I think, is one of the most refined and technical uh, receivers in this class. I think he played for a Florida team, and we've talked about this with, with several other receivers now. Bad quarterback situation, bad offense um, a lot of the time that he was at Florida. Uh, but his production wasn't great. And so that that's the question. And then also, is he maxed out physically? Because he's not a tremendous athlete. He's just – a, an extremely good route runner, great hands, great feel. Um, I think he is like, I think he could step on the field right now and be what Tajay Sharp was uh, last year. And then maybe you're able to develop him, develop him into a, a little something more. I don't think he'll ever be, uh, you know, a wide receiver one, but the Titans don't need a wide receiver one. They've got AJ Brown. Um, that's going to be that guy. I think Van Jefferson would be a reliable uh, complimentary receiver for several years. All right, let's move. We're, we'll go through the fifth and seventh round picks pretty quick. Uh, running yeah. back, uh, you have Darrington Evans, and I am going with uh, LaMichael Perrine. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll jump on Evans real quick. I, I honestly don't think he'll probably fall this far. Uh, he might be a guy that the Titans need to – find a way to either trade back or trade up into the fourth round to really find him in his sweet spot. But, um, you know, guy out of Appalachian state who was productive, um, at that program and then tested off the charts. He, uh, he ran, I think it was four, four, one. Yeah. Four, four, one, uh, at five eleven uh, two Oh three. Um, so really good athlete. Um, Returns kicks, which is something that uh, Don Robinson and Mike Brable talked about um, during their press conference yesterday, was interest in running backs who could contribute in the kick return game and, and kick coverage game. Evans definitely fits that mold, um, as well as being a, a pass catcher. So he had five touchdown catches last year um, and averaged over 9.4 yards per carry, which or 9.4 yards per reception which is really good he's an explosive guy um good fit for that zone scheme too i don't know if he can be a four down or three down back uh in the long term um but i do think he's a really nice compliment for for henry and if you're looking in day three um being able to find a guy that can do that uh is, is a great fit so i i think lamichael perrine is also one of those underrated running backs in here in this uh, in this game I think that his best traits decision making but when I think of him I think of finishing because I think he's a, a finisher and I think that he may be the best pass protector in the class because uh, he gets the mental aspect of it and he may be a little bit smaller may not have the physical tools I mean 511 211 you know, is not bad, but I think that 
he is probably the best in both. He may even be one of the better pass catchers. I, I would say maybe Antonio Gibson's the best pass catcher, but um, I think that you're looking at a Damian Williams kind of person. He's a punisher and a finisher, power, speed, all the not not elite speed and elite agility, just enough to be a factor when he's on the field. Um, I think that he did drop some. I know he dropped some weight, but I still think that as a running back two or three, again, probably not going to be in this in this system on this team a feature back. But I think he has that um, ability to be the complement that you're looking for late in the fifth round. If if we're still you know still looking for a running back. Yep. No. I'm- yeah, I think he's um, kind of an unspectacular guy, but I do think he's an interesting player. And, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't mind having him as, as kind of a complimentary back. Well, let's talk about dynamic guys, because in my wide receiver in the fifth round, if he's still there, because you never know with this NFL draft, is Darnell Mooney. If yes. you want explosion, if you want dy- being a wide receiver that's dynamic, and he can get get to the ball and elevate it. He can make the adjustments and he tacks it with aggression. He he lacks the size, but he, it doesn't matter. Does not matter. The, the, the his biggest thing is the size. That's it. He's he's skinny, thin frame, and he lacks play strength. But it doesn't matter because he doesn't show it on tape, and that's what matters. The tape matters. And this is the guy in the fifth round that could be what we thought and hoped that. Old Taewon Taylor could be. But this is <laughs> this guy is reliable. He's got everything you want. If you're looking I, for a speedy wide receiver, this is the guy. Who did you say he was like? I'm not I wasn't familiar with that name. Oh, I I I, I mean he's not like Taewon. I'm just saying that this is what we maybe thought Taewon could be. Who is Taewon? I'm I'm not uh, sure. He he's I don't about. even know if he's in a league anymore. He's just a one offer. Oh uh, well, like some XFL guy or something. Yeah. Um so my, my fifth round receiver is kind of in the same vein as, as yours. Uh, John Hightower out of Boise State, uh, 6'1", 189, 443. He's very much a vertical guy. Um, he also does offer some ability in the kick return game, which I think, you know, the, the Titans had – they've got some options at, at the kick return and punt return spots. Um, you know, Humphreys did the punt returning a little bit. Uh, Raymond can return kicks and punts potentially. Um, but I think that they would like to get a little bit better at in both of those positions, really, ideally. Um, and having a guy like John Hightower who could offer you that vertical threat that you're kind of missing in the uh in the offense and then also return kicks. I think he's a, an interesting fit on day three for them. Um was very productive, had 943 yards and eight touchdowns last year. He is he is a deep – he is kind of a one-trick pony in that he is a deep ball vertical guy. Um, at this point, he's not going to – he's not going to offer you a whole lot of a route tree um, at this point in his career. He's a guy that needs to be developed on that front. But right now, he can win over the top, and he can return you some kicks and punts. And I think that that's a guy that brings some value for this specific Titans team. Uh, next up, uh, we'll stick with the wide receiver heading into the final seventh round. And this is a guy that I am kind of high on and probably everybody's going to be like, who? 
It's uh, Jeff Thomas, wide receiver out of Miami. Yeah, when I'm in the seventh round looking for a wide receiver, I'm looking for someone with high upside, right? I mean, obviously, if he makes a team, that's great, but you're really looking for someone with high upside. And he's 5'10", 180 pounds, speed to days. His acceleration is utterly ridiculous. He was He's kind of like DPJ in the fact that he was stuck in a shitty-ass offense in Florida State. And I think that he has a – he's very – good at the top of his routes and while he has good hands and tremendous quick quickness he doesn't have a lot of production so that's kind of where I where it's a little iffy what translates to the NFL he is tiny frame but if he somehow makes the team he can make the team via punt coverage or something like that he may develop into one of those you know steals of the draft yeah, I've got um, Quez Watkins out of Southern Miss as my seventh round receiver. Um, he's a kind of undeveloped guy at this point. Um, really kind of like John Hightower, a one-trick pony. He's more of a, a vertical um, guy. But that, again, I think that's kind of something that they need. Um, four three five speed, so he's a burner. Um, and at six over six foot and 185 pounds he's uh he's got decent enough size uh to go with that speed so i think he's very much a developmental guy that would not be anywhere near the field day one um but you could you could have him kind of stashed in and work with him for a little while and, and eventually get some have a chance to unlock his potential because I, I don't think he's, it's any guarantee that he turns into anything. Yeah. But at this point in the draft, you can't really guarantee that for anybody. Right. You're not really looking for a starter in the draft at this point. I mean, you're looking for someone that either can be developed and stick around on the 53-man <laughs> roster or or uh, through special teams and then develop into something. Or it, I mean, just very low hopes when we bring up these seventh-round players. Uh, now, we'll just end it because I did talk about my seventh-round running back last night, Jamichael Hasty, with um, uh, Justin Mello on the live draft show. So why don't we stick with you? Give us your seventh-round running back. Yeah, so my seventh-rounder is uh, Darius Anderson. Darius Anderson out of TCU. Um, he's a guy that – the reason I like him is, is I think he's got some pass-catching chops. Um and at the seventh round, really the most important thing I think you're looking for is a guy that can do that, um, you know, can offer that compliment to Derrick Henry. And uh, I think Anderson had enough success in college and his ability to, to catch the ball out of the backfield, I feel like makes him an interesting seventh round pick. All these guys are going to be somewhat flawed. Uh, at this point in the draft, but uh, I would, wouldn't would mind throwing a dart there. Okay, so tomorrow we're going to talk about offensive line and QBs. So I figured there's probably only going to be like four or five QBs that we actually realistically are going to talk about. Uh, yeah. But some good offensive linemen in this draft, and especially if you're looking for offensive tackles or for those tackles that can shift even inside to guard and be really good guards, even though that's not necessarily a need. Uh, but 
centers are in this draft too, but it will be a really interesting draft. So tonight, though, we have Austin Stanley from A to Z Sports joining us uh, live for a live mock draft, 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. We did get to a lot of people's uh, questions last night. So just make sure that you all tune in and uh, ask some more questions. We'll put up the poll vote. Please go vote for me in the vote for just against Justin Mello if you're listening to this. Uh, until then, uh, Mike, do you have any last words? Um, no, I, I think uh, the running back and wide receiver class are both really good, I think, this year. Um, and I don't know. I'm excited to see where the Titans go because obviously these are two of the more exciting positions uh, you know, in the in the game, and there's a lot of good good choices to uh, to choose from here. Yeah, most definitely. So for football and other f words, I'm Zach Lyons. This is Mike Miracles. Mike Miracles. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike Miracles. You can follow me at f words pod. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe, and we'll guess what? You've just been effed. Got effed. <laughs>